Well, brothers and sisters, first of all, I want to bring greetings and love from my home church uh, in Central Mountains. Um, and the name of our church actually is Central Mountains Baptist Church. And uh, if you're ever around the Hazelbrook area, you're most welcome to come and uh, worship with us. So bring our love and greetings from our brothers and sisters from there. Well, as you heard how I came to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that Bible college, as I was going through the subject of missions, I had the privilege to teach also at the Bible college and I taught missions. And that's when I found out about what happens to Christians as they go out to actually share about the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happens to them in very difficult areas where Christianity is not allowed. And so I came across Voice of the Martyrs Ministry. And I was so Um, So encouraged because when I look back at my story and when I read the stories of our other brothers and sisters, you know, my story is nothing compared to what our other brothers and sisters go go through. And so I was very encouraged and I started uh, sharing this at at the school, at the churches, and and everyone was very interested and we spread throughout uh, Fiji and also uh, in the Oceania region. And so I just want to give you a quick overview of this ministry in a video so that you have a brief idea of what this is all about. And then I'll share with you a couple of reports from the field and then we'll go ahead from there. Thank you. Jesus Christ didn't avoid the suffering. He didn't avoid the persecution. Though he ushered in the very kingdom of God, he was persecuted and executed for it. In this world we will face tribulation, but you promise you'll be right here with us. And he said to his followers, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And to this day, all over the world, they still do. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. If our God is for us, we are not But Jesus promised more, that those who suffer for his name's sake would not be forgotten, not by God, and not by the family of God. The Voice of the Martyrs was founded by a persecuted Christian as well. Richard Wormbrand reached out for Christ to the Nazis in the early 1940s when they came into his native Romania. He felt a calling to reach out to atheists for Christ. He prayed for opportunities to share Christ with the Russians as well. And when the Soviet communists entered into Romania in 1944, they came right to his doorstep. Richard boldly witnessed to them as well. And just as Jesus promised, They hated him for it. He was arrested and sent to prison for a total of 14 years, often in solitary confinement, often tortured. Through it all, he held on to his love for God and committed to witness for Christ in word and deed even to his torturers. In 1967, Richard, now free from jail and out of Romania, founded an organization committed to sharing the stories of others who, like him, were being jailed, persecuted, tortured if killed for their faith. 
He often quoted Hebrews 13.3. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. That organization today is operating in 68 countries around the world, in regions that are dangerous, in countries that are restricted, reaching out through persecution response, through Bible distribution, and through frontline ministry. That organization is committed to stand with their persecuted family by saying, we will not let them suffer in silence. We will not let them serve alone. From the love of Jesus, if our God is friends, we are not alone. Nothing can separate us. That organization, Voice of the Martyrs. We will share their stories with the world. We will mobilize the body of Christ to stand together with brothers and sisters who face persecution wherever it happens. We will serve persecuted Christians through practical and spiritual assistance. And we will carry on the mission of the one who called us, Jesus Christ, who said the kingdom of God is at hand. hope uh, you have quite an idea of what our ministry is all about. In our next slide, you will see the founder of the ministry, Pastor Richard Wurmbrand. And uh, Pastor Richard himself was imprisoned and uh, tortured by the communist authorities in his native Romania. And he was there altogether for about 14 years. And uh, in three years, he was in solitary confinement. And all of us who know what solitary confinement is, it's not a very pleasant experience. And I want to show you the next uh, picture of actually what torture he went through. So this is just a few pictures to show the type of torture that they went through. Uh, uh, especially with Pastor Richard Wumren and others who were there because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so Pastor Richard, you know, envisioned a ministry that would focus on the persecuted church because it seemed that everyone forgot, has forgotten about him, and, and not just him, but all those who were there. And uh, ministry has been here in Australia for almost 54 years, and uh, we are so thankful for churches like you who pray uh, for our persecuted brothers and support the ministry as well. And one of the most famous books uh, that uh, Richard wrote, and it changed my life when I was at the Bible College, I read through what he went through in his Christian life, was the book that he wrote, Tortured for Christ. And I have that available for you at the back. And uh, I want to let you know that it's been provided for you. So you don't have to buy it. But we want to bless you with that so that you can be encouraged by how God has worked in his life, but not just his life, but as you as you'll read through it, it will really help you. Help you to grow in the Lord. Be more bold in the Lord. And so our ministry, one of the things we do is we raise a voice on behalf of our persecuted brothers and sisters. Um, not just that, but we establish prayer network. 
prayer is so crucial, brothers and sisters. So many times I have read testimonies, even from Taliban cells, where pastors would be taken and, and, the, and the lock is not opening when, they, when it's time to go come and execute them, you know, come and shoot them. And, and whispers all around the cell, it's all prayers going on. So, dear brothers and sisters, prayers are so crucial. And not just that, but we provide encouragement to them. We, we assist them uh, in every possible means that we can. I want to share with you in the next slide a very famous verse that you saw it, um, in the video. And this is taken from Hebrews 13.3. And this is what it says. It says, remember those who are in bonds as though you were bound with them. Those who suffer adversity, when you look at that original word there, it's those who suffer imprisonment or those who are suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who suffer persecution. And it says, as being yourselves also in the body. Friends, this verse is very crucial. Because the writer to the Hebrews is writing in this chapter, the context here is of how Believers, we believers can relate to other believers. And so we are very encouraged here where it begins by the word remember. When you look at the meaning of the word remember, it's not just to simply recall something. But this is what it means. It means to actively and intentionally remind yourself of those in adversity as if you were there. And so... This goal, I want us to take a journey. A journey where we would go and hear about these testimonies. But as we look at them, you'll find that they are going through some, one, some, some wonderful and great spiritual battles. But I just don't want you to see that. I want you to see the victories that they have in the Lord. I want you to see how bold they become because of what uh, God has done in their life and that we would learn from them. Well, as you can see in the slide there, we, we help and we assist our persecuted brothers in uh, four key ministry projects. We help to supply Bibles and literature to the restricted countries. Uh, we also help our frontline ministry, those pastors, evangelists, missionaries who are on the field. And we also uh, assist families of martyrs. This is, I would believe, the heart of our ministry. Many times, mission organizations would only work with the pastor. But if something happens to him, then what, what, you know, what happens to the family? So we believe that you know, every, the family unit goes out on the field. And we have that responsibility for them. So we help widows, we help their children in their schools, and many other ways. And not just that. But what is uh, very common now with so many of shootings, bomb blasts, and things like that, uh, where our medical team comes into play. So, this morning, to inform us and to encourage us, I would like to share a few projects that I had the privilege to do. And so, in the first slide, in the next slide, you'll see uh, this is in India. And this is in the southern part of India. Um, uh, Especially uh, this area is Tamil Nadu. The name of this area is called Tamil Nadu. And uh, 
I had the opportunity to work with Pastor Gideon and his wife uh, as they would go to the unreached community and they would go and share the gospel and a small church got established but yet the area was is filled with gangsters, uh, radical Hindus and so forth. Um, many times uh, you would find me encouraging Pastor um, Gideon to you know, keep on with this, with this battle. Because it's so tough just this week. Uh, he sent me a picture where he had a bandage uh, on his, just above his eye. And it's, it's difficult. But yet, I will share with you what he shared with me. But in the next slide, you see that uh, this is our Bible's program. This is how we go and give the Bibles to our persecuted brothers and sisters. We believe the Word of God is so crucial for our spiritual growth, isn't it? And so when they have it with them, when they have it in their language, they can read it and be encouraged by it. And so with, with the spiritual need, they also have physical needs. And, uh, you know, we follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus fed them spiritually, but also physically. And so to show love and care, to show that we remember them, isn't it? That we, you know, we have that privilege here, but at the same time, we want to bless them. So our Bible Plus program is where we give a month's uh, worth full of all of that sack has uh, basic food items, uh, also has seeds so that, you know, they can plant and, uh, you know, they can continue to survive from there. So that's the ministry there. Uh, all of them, as you can see, this is very uh, interior in the uh, part of Tamil Nadu, and uh, they were very blessed by it. Uh, this is what Pastor uh, Gideon shared with me in the next slide. He said, even though times are hard as we serve God, he said, we assure you. And this is what got me. Both said, we will never give up. We will go forth ministering to our persecuted brothers and sisters. And we'll also go with the gospel. You know, go with the gospel to the unreached. Now, even though we may, be, we may face discouragements, we face them day by day in God's strength. God speaks to us and comforts us in many ways. And one of them is your prayers. So brothers and sisters, I stand before you here. I want to thank you that as you pray for them, you are being part of this mandate of in Hebrews 13.3 that we remember them. And I thank you every time when I have the opportunity to speak to our frontline workers, you know, we tell them we are praying for you. And it's not just saying it, but we are actually doing it. That's how we are partnering with them. That's how we are encouraging them by praying for them. Even though you may have not met them. But that's our spiritual connection, isn't it? In the next slide, I want to show you a project that we uh, did in Nepal. And this is one of my students from the Bible College. Uh, he came from Nepal to study and then now he's back in Nepal overseeing nine churches. And uh, one particular church where he shared with me was that they were forced, because of Buddhism and Hinduism, they were forced very far interior to settle this group of believers. And for Pastor Amos to go and minister to them, 
he goes there, he's only able to go there once every three months. So they would have a service inside. I'll show you a couple of pictures. Once every three months. And most of all, were very, most of them were very poor and they could not afford the word of God. And so we got together and we said, well, let's try our very best to get them there. And so I want to share this experience with you. Because as you pray, you will know the challenges that we face. It's not just a pick up the Bible and give it to them. In the next slide, as you pray, please pray that as our frontline workers would go and you know, supply and give them this very treasured thing, the word of God. You know, that you know, God would continue to be with them. When Pastor Amos went in the last trip, it took him four days to reach this place. Imagine that. Four days. One night they had to sleep on the road because there was a landslide. And you can see one of the team members went to check how deep is it. We can't even see his knees, isn't it? And so as you pray, please remember these challenges. And not just that, but there are so many challenges that come through. In the next slide, you will find that as we go on these battles and challenges, we find the time not just to go and give the Bibles, but also to encourage. You know, it's an opportunity to encourage them, train them in evangelism, help them to grow in the Lord through our discipleship program. In the next slide, you will see the opportunities of prayer, the opportunities of, you know, baptizing people. So this is real, brothers and sisters. Many people are coming to know the Lord, even though they go through so much. So praise God for them, those victories, isn't it? It's difficult. We would, you know, for our minds here, we would think, well, if that happens to the Christians, I don't think anybody would come be a Christian. But here it's totally different. They're finding the love of Christ. They're finding that forgiveness of their sins. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to encourage them. And please, so as you pray, 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 pray for them. Pray for these opportunities to open up. In the next slide, this is how this have their church service on the floor all windows shut doors shut imagine that that's a church service there and the reality is it's not the outward show of how we do it but the heart isn't it and so brothers and sisters that is our brothers and sisters there. And your prayers and your support means a lot to give them assistance and encouragement. In the next slide, I want to share with you a story that is very close to my heart. And while we were there, uh, we met one of the team members and this is his story. Uh, his name is Gagan. And uh, Gagan comes from a very wealthy family. And then through Pastor Amos' ministry, he came to know the Lord. Now he went back to share with his family. So I can imagine, you know, going to a Hindu family and sharing, especially even a rich family, sharing that, you know, he is no longer, you know, what he was before. He's a child of God. He's a Christian. And so as Gagan went, so because of believing in Christ, First of all, Gagan was not allowed to stay 
in the family's house. They had a wonderful house, a mansion, they call it. And uh, he had to go and stay like in a servant's house to find a place for himself. And uh, if you see that picture there, that's his actual house. Can you, can you believe it just because of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? Leaving a mansion, he went and stayed there. Now, not just that, but his family told him, you are not allowed to speak or enter to any of his close relatives' house. You can't do that. But the third thing when he shared that to me, because I, I come from a Hindu background and I understand this, and he says he was denied the right to be a pallbearer at his father's funeral. In the Indian culture, the last act of respect for a son to his father who has passed away is to carry the coffin box, you know, we call it coffin, on his shoulders as a last act of respect. Now they gave him the opportunity, they said to him, well, Leave, leave Jesus, leave your church and all that. Come and stay with us. And then you can be part of this ritual. Now as a son, his last act of respect to his father. For a, in the Indian culture, everything. But he did not do that. He chose Christ. He chose Christ. There are times that you have to stand up for Christ. And my encouragement is that we would, we would, you know, we would stand up for Christ like Him. And then as we were talking, uh, He shared with me that uh, you know, they had the water from the family mansion, the water access would be provided for the community. And because of that, they cut off the water access. And so they were denied uh, to the family's water pump and all that. And so now with no water, what would they do? And so we prayed and the Lord allowed us to get a water pump for him. But to find the water pump, they had to find the water source in that area. And guess where they found the water source? They found the water source just beside uh, Pastor Gagan's, uh, brother Gagan's house just beside it where he m- made this made up house and so you know it's amazing to see how God works and uh, as a result uh, in the next slide you will see uh, there and uh, Gagan his wife and his daughter beside the water pump and, uh, and uh, people call him the Pani evangelist uh, Pani means water. Excellent. All right. So the water evangelist. And so what he does, he, because, you know, he has the pump just beside him, he has allowed the rest of the community, the rest of the people there, the women who go walk so many places, you know, far away place to get at least water, whether clean or dirty. And so now he, he has availed it to the community there. And as he does that, he, that's how he shows Christ's love. And he sits there at the pump. That's his ministry. He sits there and shares the gospel to whoever would listen to it. So you can see from the battles that we go through, but the opportunities 
to serve the Lord. And uh, if you can see on the picture, the next one, uh, remember Pastor Amos traveled four days to go to this place. As a result, he was so encouraged, he went with him to serve there. So, brothers and sisters, I want to show you that when we stand for Christ, it gives us boldness to do, you know, wonderful things for God as we stand up for Him. Finally, I want to share with you a story in Pakistan that um, recently I received news. But a lot of you may have heard of the news in India. Uh, you know, these things happen a lot. But we find through these battles that the believers are still strong. They still go ahead in worshipping God and saving our Lord. And especially here in Pakistan, I want to share this with you. that It's not an easy story, but just to quickly give you, an, give you something here. Yunus Masih and uh, Jamil Masih, uh, this family were worshipping in Pakistan at a church. And uh, as they were worshipping there, a group of men came and they just started making noise. They started swearing at these believers. And, uh, um, you know, Yunus and Jamil went to them and said, please, uh, you know, we're just worshipping here. We're not doing anything to anyone. We're actually praying for this community. Um, uh, so this is a peaceful meeting, nothing like that. And so they went. When they finished the service, they were out having fellowship. Uh, this group of men returned with guns and gunned gun them out. Eunice and Jamil died as they came to protect everyone else. There were two others who were severely injured. Brothers and sisters, this is the cost sake that our other brothers and sisters in Christ pay for the Lord's sake. And so we are called in the next slide I want to share with you. Now we are called to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters. We are called to remember our brothers and sisters. And so you may think, well, I'm living very peacefully here. Why do I need to do it? I want to share with you a verse. And it says in 1 Corinthians 12.26, it says, If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member of this body of Christ is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So brothers and sisters, Hebrews 13.3, you know, we are to remind ourselves as we are with them, why, we are, why does this verse say that? It says because we are all part of this wonderful body of Christ, whether we are here in Sydney or those of our friends, brothers and sisters in Pakistan, in India, in Nepal, and so many other countries uh, where it's restricted to be a Christian. And so I really hope that we would be encouraged by their lives. And one of the ways that we can be encouraged is by reading this magazine. And what this magazine has, it's absolutely free. It has the testimonies of our persecuted brothers and sisters. And I have this for you at the back. And if you, it's absolutely free. It's purely to encourage us and to help us to pray for them. And I have this on the table. They are available for you as well. And if you want this every month to come to you, uh, we have a sign-up there. Please sign up and we'll, send, we'll gladly send that to you. Personally, 
when times were tough in my life as I grew, reading about our other persecuted brothers and sisters encouraged me. It made me bold. And so I really encourage you to, to do that, you know, so that you'd be able to encourage yourself. Not just that, but the next thing in our next slide. I'm sure you get to a lot of ministries would ask you to do this. And I want to encourage you the same. Partner with us through your prayers. It means so much. And you know why? Why we share prayer is because the first request of persecuted Christians is always, please pray for us. Now I'm going to tell you something else. When I met a persecuted believer face to face and I asked him, you know, are we praying for you? And he said, oh, thank you, thank you, please continue to pray for us. And I said, yeah, we, and I said to him, we pray that, you know, these persecutions would go away. And he stopped me. He said, brother, no. Don't pray like that. He said, pray, please pray for us in this way. Pray that we will continue to be faithful in Christ in persecution. Pray that through persecution we would be bold to share the gospel. Pray this way that pray, pray that as though as we would be able to find that strength to share the gospel to those who persecute us. Now that changed completely my mind of how to pray for them. You see, so please, I, I would humbly encourage you to pray that way. Now, as I pray for them, uh, just this week, just last Friday, I was at a meeting of over 500 people, and one of these ladies came to the desk and said, after reading this, you're asking for prayer, what will it be for me? This was the question she asked me. She said, if I pray for them, what will I get? And so I said, please, Lord, help me to give her an answer that will help her. And I shared with her, I said, well, let me share to you about my experience. Then when I pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, when I pray that God would give them boldness, I'm actually being encouraged to be bold myself here. As I pray that please God help them to, be, to stand firm in the Lord, even though difficult times are there, it helps me to not just pray for them, but encourage and remind myself that you know, I need to be bold and stand up for my faith here. So I said, I hope that answers your question. And she said, yes. And so please uh, do pray with us. So let's, with all this background of persecution and, and what we are to do and how things are, let's go to the word of God this morning. And uh, as you know, that it's a short passage for us, but yet a very profound passage. So if you have your Bibles with you, please let's go to the book of Peter. And uh, we'll see a couple of keywords there that is very crucial for us. And uh, before we do that, I want us to share, I want to share with you the, the overarching theme of Peter. In the next slide, I have that for you. And I do believe when we look at from the persecution point of view, and how believers go through difficult times. Maybe you are going through a very difficult time. School today. Maybe one of your friends, your mates at school, uh, at school 
or someone at work, someone, your family member is going through an adversity, a difficult time, a trying time. First Peter is a wonderful book of encouragement for us and I hope that we would find this encouragement as well. So in the theme of First Peter is that God wants us to get the eternal viewpoint. Many times we just tend to see the earthly point of view, isn't it? So God wants us to get the eternal viewpoint. He wants us to lift our eyes beyond our earthly situation. So that we can see from our spiritual eyes that there is hope beyond our suffering. That there is hope beyond the difficult times that we are going through. And only when we have that eternal perspective, then we will be able to see it from our spiritual eyes. And so that's the theme, and let's explore this in, in the very uh, first uh, few verses here. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, please join with me in the book of First Peter, and where it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion, and we'll just stop there. The and so this morning I want to share with you um, the, the greeting that has been presented by the Apostle Peter. And I want to share with you how he begins. And in every epistle or letter, as you see from Paul's letters, you'd find that the author would put his name first. And there we see Peter. And then the next word he puts it as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I want us to... Look at this, the authority that has been given by the Lord to him, Peter. I'm sure many of us have studied quite detail about Peter and know about him. And you see, Peter began by addressing to the believers that he was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a title, isn't it? What authority given to him. Well, they knew, the disciples knew, the apostles knew what came after that, how their life would go after that. You see, the word apostle, friends, means one who is sent out. And we know that Peter was one of uh, a unique group of people who were personally called by the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 10, we see that. But not just that, but we also see Peter and this group of men, these disciples were commissioned by God to take the message of the kingdom to everyone. And this was an amazing calling for them. And Peter had spent time with the Lord. He, you know, he walked with him, he ate with him, and he learned from him. What an amazing experience it would have been, isn't it? Now his salvation was obtained the same way as everyone else. You know, uh, Peter and his Readers were on equal footing by placing their faith in the Lord. But this message that he's going to share comes from the apostle. It comes from the inspired, uh, you know, inspired words of God through the apostle Peter. And this message, therefore, when he puts his apostle there, it carries weight. It's not just a simple letter. It carries weight as it coming from right from God to the people. It carries weight and it carries authority. Now Peter wanted them to take these words to heart. Not because he had written it, 
but because God inspired him to write how God wanted these believers to live under trying times. Instead of listening to the chatters, listening to what's going to happen in the future, them, especially as you can see all these places, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, from all these people, these group of believers were scattered around Asia Minor at that time. And they were living in trial times. They were not living in their houses anymore. They were dispersed from their places because of persecution. And it was a very difficult time for them to be a Christian. And so Peter wanted these churches to lift their earthly eyes beyond their earthly situations. So that they could see from their spiritual eyes that there is hope beyond their suffering all right so that that fits our theme there now let's look at something else in this uh, particular scripture here Uh, then we saw the authority now we see the audience that he's writing to and and this is how he says it it's so crucial as we study this passage he says to the pilgrims of the dispersion in those places there he addresses the believers by saying to the pilgrims and then he says of the dispersion well just to let you know peter's letter uh, is addressed to the churches uh, in provinces uh, there it's the modern day Turkey today all right that's where it's and uh, they were part of this roman empire and he addresses to them as pilgrims of the dispersion friends the word pilgrim means a sojourner or a visitor or a stranger even some of the bible translations says alien they were strangers they were not from there and they had been persecuted for their faith and many of them were forced to leave their homes as a result of persecution they have, they have scattered throughout the Roman world. We find that in Acts chapter 8. And as I saw this word pilgrim, being strangers here on earth, I was reminded of this wonderful verse in uh, Philippians 3.20. You know, brothers and sisters, Paul talked about that our journey on this earth is not forever. We are also pilgrims. We are pilgrims and our citizenship is in a better place. And for those of us who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that better place is heaven. In Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven. How amazing is that? This, brothers and sisters, for us to be encouraged as we go through difficult times, that these difficult times will not be there forever. It will pass on. And that when we look at from the eternal perspective, we see, okay, there is an end. And then we'll go into the presence of Christ. But when we look at the earthly point of view, we just see the battles that we're going through. Just the battles, just the battles. And we are not able to be bold enough for our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are falling down the path. And so here Peter straight away picks up the eternal perspective to tell the believers, you are pilgrims. He's trying to remind them of where their eternal destiny is. 
And so it's wonderful to see how Peter opens this book. So from the very beginning, Peter encourages the believers to get the eternal viewpoint. That we are here on earth only temporary. And that there is hope beyond our suffering. Well, let's explore our final verse, verse 2. So we have already looked at the greeting that was presented um, before us. And now we will look at the grace. I'm sorry about the color there. The grace that is proclaimed in verse 2. So Peter urges the believers with this strong statement now that they were elect or they were chosen by God. Let's, let's read this verse. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. That's his salutation as a whole. That's his greeting. Now we would notice this is a very heavy, heavy greeting. Because if you truly go deep into this verse, we'll see here that this verse mentions all three members of the Trinity. You know, all the members of the Trinity walk out, walk to bring about our salvation. Brothers and sisters, the Father chose us before the foundations of the world. You know, God's foreknowledge means that He took the initiative and chose people before they had done anything to deserve it. What amazing love, isn't it? Now, I can't explain everything, how He does it. What he chooses to do it, you know, I prayed for God to heal my brother. I prayed for God to, you know, have, have a successful operation for my brother. God chose to heal him. He does it in his way. But what a wonderful Savior we have, isn't it? Where we don't deserve anything, but he chooses to give to us. This alone now should be enough to give believers hope in our trying times. That he chose you. That he loves you. That he has given you the security of that eternal destination. But having said that, Peter even says more. He says, Jesus Christ, the son uh, who died for us while we were still sinners in Romans 5. And we are to come by faith to Jesus Christ because he purchased us. This is what Peter meant when he says about the sprinkling of blood. He said, he purchased us with the sprinkling of his own blood. And as, as I was listening there as a 10-year-old boy who was about to finish his life and hear that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And our teacher said, put your name there. And I did that. And I put my name there and I realized of this precious Savior who would come and die for us. And that made me to, you know, you know, God put that suicide feeling out of it. And that made me to search more about this love. You see, this brings us to the eternal point of view when we look at what the Lord Jesus did for us. And finally, when he addresses the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings us the benefits of salvation and sets us, sets us apart. He sanctifies us, you know, to freely worship Him. He sanctifies us to serve Him. He, sancti- he sanctified us so that now we have direct access to God. 
what a great encouragement as he begins to write this to these believers who were going through so much. And then Peter finishes verse 2 with the prayer greeting. He says, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Now he's not just saying, you know, oh, just normal greeting. He means it. He means that the God's grace is there and the Bible reveals to us that his grace is abundant. We, it's never finishing. And he implores that grace to these believers and the peace of God that we find in him. Brothers and sisters, doesn't that give hope to these believers who are scattered throughout all these places as they would just introduce? Doesn't this take their earthly perspective to an eternal perspective? And when we put ourselves in this situation here, what kind of perspective do we have this morning? What kind of battles that you are going through that has brought your vision and your perspective to be what it is now? You see, by the wonderful prevailing mercy of God, we can find purpose in the scattering and the sadness of our lives. Through our pain and the disappointments that we go through and the details of our suffering may differ, but I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, this morning, that there is an abundance of God's grace and peace available to each one of us. And so it is my prayer this very morning that as we looked at our persecuted brothers and sisters, as we looked at how Peter writes to his readers who were persecuted, who were going through difficult times, it is my prayer that we would remind this and encourage ourselves so that we would get this eternal perspective in our lives. So that as we go in our journey of life, in the battles that we face, where we may think, oh, there is no hope in, in this, too difficult. No, there is hope. There is hope. And there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that we would be encouraged by that. I want to close by, by sharing with you a video from Pakistan. And we saw the difficult circumstances that they went through. But as I reminded you in the, in the very beginning, that you know the battles that believers go through, please look at their victories. Let's close with this video and see what's the message, as we, what's the message from there for us as well. Hallelujah,
Today in Pakistan, we Christians are second-class citizens. Though we have committed no crime, we are ostracized and banished to the lowest place in society. Often we are forced to leave our villages and our own homes. We cannot get good jobs. And we have no voice in government. What is left for us is servitude. Sewage work. We know. And we know we will never advance. church, a place where Christians come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to sing his praise, to study his word. For while our country has turned its back on us, God has not. Sometimes it is not easy. The loss, the injustice. So please remember to pray for us. That we will continue to live together in fellowship. That we will continue to see the joy of the Lord in our lives and that we will persevere in our faith no matter the cost. And please remember, we are praying for you. by the battles and the victories of our persecuted brothers and sisters and especially as you saw here in this nation it's difficult yet we find the joy you know I do believe as I visit churches in so many places where I get the opportunity to share about our brothers and sisters that Christians lack hope that Christians lack that joy we have lost it 
No, we have a wonderful Savior who, who has risen, who is real. And as believers, we need to be, you know, we need to stand and be bold for Him. Be bold for Him in our own lives, in our own spiritual journeys. And at the same time, as, you know, have that hope. You know, whether we, we will have our battles, but we will have the victory. And as Peter encouraged the believers, you know, that we, we are pilgrims. Please know that this journey will come to an end here on earth. But the journey with the Lord will be forever. And that should give us hope. And we would rejoice in Him. And so I do hope that you have been encouraged. I do uh, encourage you to please um, pick up a book at the back. It's been provided for you. And we want to be a blessing to you from the ministry. And please uh, you know, feel free to sign up or anything like that. If you have any questions for me, I'll be at the back. Uh, please, I would love to have a quick chat with you. So thank you so much for the opportunity. I pray that you have been blessed today. And uh, let me close in prayer. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you give us an abundance of grace and peace. And Lord, we come before your presence this morning. We pray for this amazing group of believers here. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for what is happening in their lives and how they are confirming you. We thank you for their prayers, O oh Lord. We thank you for their commitment to stand firm in you. And Lord, we pray for continued boldness. We pray that you continue to give them more hope, more grace, O oh Lord, so that they would continue to find peace, but at the same time would be able to share that love with others. We are so thankful for this group of brothers and sisters who is here. And we pray for each and every one of them. We pray for your blessings to be upon them, dear Father. And Lord, most of all, dear Father, do encourage us, O oh Lord, that today's message would not just be a time of hearing and that's it. But Lord, it would be a time of action that we would, as we learn these lessons, we would apply it in our daily lives, O oh Lord. And most of all, Father, we thank you for our persecuted brothers and sisters. That as they go through this, what example for us to follow them. And we pray for them, O oh Lord, we pray in places like Pakistan, places like India, Nepal, and so many other countries, O oh Lord, where your word is illegal, where your word is not allowed, where your message is not allowed. But we thank you for the, for the various means that your word has gone there. We thank you for the amazing people who has come to know you in China this last week, oh, wonderful, and it's just building up, O oh Lord. Dear Father, we thank you. For all these wonderful people who are coming to know you. And dear Father, we pray that you would encourage us. That the same would happen to us here in Sydney, O oh Lord. That the same would happen to the, to the neighborhood here, O oh Lord. That they would come to know you as well, Father. And Lord, we pray that you use these mighty men and women here, Father. And Lord, we thank you so much. We pray that you would help us to continue to pray for them. And be bold for you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.